Good morning, good morning. Thank you so much for joining me. This is the podcast The Endurance of Labor Laws. I'm your lovely host Leslie Sullivan, and today is episode 172, and we are going to take a look at a labor union. It is actually a international association. It is called Operative Plasters and Cement Masons International Association of the United States and Canada. This one is semi short and sweet because it doesn't have a tremendous amount of history. but it does go back quite a ways. But before we dive in, let me give a big shout out to my listeners because as usual, you guys are awesome. We love to see you here. So a big shout out to Oklahoma, New York, Pennsylvania, California, Georgia, Tennessee, New Jersey, Mississippi, Maryland, Minnesota, Wisconsin, Hawaii, and Illinois in terms of countries, the United States, Canada, and the Russian Federation. Okay, so let's go ahead and dive into this puppy here. Just a little bit of background to it. This association was founded July 21st, 1864. So it goes back quite a ways. They are headquartered in Columbia, Maryland. That's interesting there. This labor union or association, I should say, has two locations. Uh it is located in the United States and Canada. So that is why this association is an international one. It's because they are located in two different countries. As usual, I do get concerned about that because the United States and Canada are two totally different countries, and I personally don't like what is going on um in Canada in regards to their government and Trudeau. Um I think he's a playboy and an idiot. I don't think he understands the economy and I don't think he really understands how much his people are suffering, especially with inflation and utilities and things of that nature. I think he kind of has his head in the sand and I don't think that's good. Um but needs to say this association has two locations United States and Canada as of 2018 they had 43,739 members so they're going pretty strong considering how far back this one goes their key people their president or general president is Daniel Stepanio if I'm pronouncing that correctly and they have affiliations with the AFL CIO and the Canadian Labor Congress which we will discuss later on once we get through all the uh, I would say the trade unions and the labor unions in the United States then we will discuss others in uh, other countries because a lot of these I kind of feel like they try to infiltrate the United States um through labor unions and they try to manipulate and control our laws and I kind of feel like that's that's kind of getting to be into a bad habit for other countries to do that because it just seems like other countries they they just want to rip apart the United States although they will not admit to it but they are doing that through our labor laws and our legislations and that's where I get very concerned because there is no there is no other country on the face of this earth that is like the United States we have way more freedoms we make way more money i'm not saying everybody is rich in the United States but you know we have the ability to become rich In no other country can you have that kind of stability. So it needs to say you have the have-nots going going against those that do have. So that's kind of how it is right now, unfortunately. But let's go ahead and dive into the specifics here. It says the Operative Plasters and Cement Masons International Association of the United States and Canada, also known as OPCMIA, is a trade union of plasters and cement masons in the construction industry. in the United States and Canada members of the union finish inferior or sorry interior walls my mistake <laughs> interior walls and ceilings of buildings and apply plaster on masonry metal and wire lath or lath or gypsum 
I'm not quite sure how to pronounce some of these words because this is not my industry, but obviously they do a lot of work and it is hard work. Cement masons are responsible for all concrete construction, including pouring and finishing of slabs, steps, uh wall tops, that's interesting, curbs and gutters, sidewalks and paving. Now I find that to be very interesting because you know here in Oklahoma We have a lot of construction that takes place and it goes up and it goes down. So right now, we have a lot of things that are being built, strangely, even in this recession. And I do see that we are coming out of this recession, no thanks to the Biden administration and the Democrats because they very much want to control our economy and raise our taxes. But I do see a lot of per- a lot of people that are out there working, uh pouring cement, mostly men. I very rarely see a female construction worker. and that's not sexist to say that it's just saying that females you know the odds of a female doing that kind of job are very low because it is very strenuous it's very heavy lifting it's very hard work and you know just speaking as a woman i know that's not something that i can do 8 to 12 hours a day i mean the the project would definitely be slowed down tremendously if all you had uh were female laborers laying cement and doing all this work because it is very hard work so god bless our men in this country. God bless you very much. We need you. Then it goes on to talk a little bit about the history. It says the union traces its history to the era of the American Civil War when an organization known variously as the National Plasters Union or the National Plasters Organization attempted to unify the various local craft unions that represented workers in the trade. Now what I find interesting is that this union goes back to the era of the American Civil War. So if if this union goes back that far, then and it specializes in or it starts with I should say the uh, around the American Civil War, then I find it kind of odd that we are we are aligning ourselves with Canada. You know, that that just makes no sense to me. So this needs to be an American labor union. it needs to have nothing to do with Canada because Canada is socialist like under socialism you you won't ever hardly ever make enough money because you know your government is your god and your government decides how much money you make not the private sector so that's where labor unions like this make a lot of mistakes in aligning themselves with entities that do not understand the United States and really they just use the United States for our money I mean think about. It. I mean Canada, they, you know, their population is is minuscule c- compared to ours. And yet we we do so much in wealth. No wonder they want to piggyback on us. So that's why I truly think that these labor unions, I think they should split up in terms of you know, if they are aligned with Canada or another country, every country needs to have its own labor unions and they should not be joining internationally because it just seems like they're trying to create I guess you would say a new world order and just make it seem like everything is a utopia and it's it's you know that's just not how the human race is like that that's not how this planet operates and our laws are not the same as somebody else's laws so that's why we need to be separate and we need to focus on american labor we, we should not be concerned with canadian labor like that's not my problem that's not your problem no offense canada But you know as Americans, excuse me, we are responsible for America. Excuse me, let me get a drink of water. Hold on just a moment. As Americans, we are responsible for America. We are not responsible for we are, we are not responsible, sorry, for anybody else. 
We just are not. So if we are aligning with another country, then we are taking on, first of all, their financial burdens, their labor burdens, and anything else that is an issue. Like we have our own stuff to deal with here in the United States. Like we have our work cut out for us. We do not and should not be helping out other countries like this. Like we have tremendous debt. We have a lot of people that need help. We need to help the homeless. We need to help the mentally ill. We need to help the poor. We need to help our veterans. Like we have a lot to do. And I'm not even covering, you know, 50% of the United States in that description I just gave. Like we need to focus on our home front. But whenever you get an organization or a trade union or labor union that aligns itself with other countries, that's when it's like America doesn't matter anymore. because it's it's um it's kind of going in the direction of oh let's be inclusive. Well, here's the thing. Whenever you start joining other countries that don't really care about you or you start aligning yourself with them, that's when your people are no longer taken care of because you're you're not taking care of your people. Like that's the issue here. American labor belongs to America. I mean, I wish Canada and other countries the best, but we are not responsible for them in any way, shape, or form. Just you know, in that same token, they are not responsible for us at all. But that doesn't stop them from trying to get their hands on our money and our currency. See, that's where this boils down to. It's about money. It's not about because they care about the worker, or they care about being inclusive, or they care about what pronouns you use. No, it's about money. It's about greed. That's what this is about. Whenever they start joining all these international labor unions and saying, "Oh, you know, we need to join ranks." No, be separate. But within your country, stay together. Because you have more power that way. Like I remember, I remember this was back when I was in college. I actually met some workers from Canada and they were not um they were funny, but they were very disrespectful to the United States. Like Canadians are not the nicest people to America. Like they make fun of us. I mean, we are basically the butt of so many of their jokes. And it's like, wow, who makes more money? We do. Who has better healthcare? We do. So, you know, who has to leave their country to go to another country to get better healthcare? Oh, that's right, you do. Seriously, so think Canadians they they rely so much on their government that they don't understand that they're being robbed. But yet they make fun of the United States and then they they keep electing that stupid idiot Trudeau. It's like, wow, where is your common sense? So being that Canada is, you know, very stupid in how they vote, why would we want any of our labor unions? Why would we want any of our workers to align themselves with anything Canadian? Especially in regards to rules, laws, regulations, workers' rights, any of it. Like It makes no sense to me. Like if we are Americans, then we need to be America first. We need to be pro-America. Not pro-utopia, not not pro-world order, not not pro um inclusivism or whatever, which is a flat-out lie and being inclusive is is such a lie. We need to focus on our country because this country belongs to us. It does not belong to other people. That's why I get concerned with organizations like this that align themselves with other countries that, you know, their their country is, you know, Canada is a sinking ship in so many ways. It's 
it's very unfortunate. I feel sorry for for their people, but you know, my my pity stops, you know, where where their common sense stops. It's like, okay, if you're going to continue to be stupid and elect morons to be in charge of your country and then be socialist and then wonder why your country sucks in so many ways but then won't acknowledge that your country sucks and you say oh we're better than america you got to be kidding me like i remember um as a child and as a teeny bopper um you know there were guys where i'm from in oklahoma that you know when you turn 18 it's the law that men have to register for the uh, for the military excuse me It's a basically a type of enlistment but you're not necessarily joining um a a particular branch of the military like you just have to register. Well, there were several guys that they didn't want to register or sign up or whatever. And so it was just commonly known that hey, if you don't want to sign up, just just flee to Canada because they're cowards up there. So, if Canada is known for not standing up for what's right and not fighting for much of anything, Why would we trust them with any form of our labor? Why would we try and mimic anything in their laws? It makes no sense to me. See, socialists, you know, people tend to think that because socialists make this claim that oh, we should care about people. It's like, okay, show me where you actually care about people. Show me where you actually are going to do the right thing under socialism. And so they just make all these false promises. They they make all these promises that they can't keep, but it's always on the um on the how to describe this. The only way they can try and keep those promises is to take someone else's money. Well, how would you like it if you're a worker, you're making good money and your employer decides to take from you and give to a worker that makes less money but they don't do as much work as you. Is that right? You know, if an employer does that, that's te- that's technically thievery and it's fraud, and that employer has committed, at least here in the United States, that is a criminal offense, and it's also a federal offense, because that employer would be stealing from you from your check, so they could go go to state prison, and then also that that affects your labor, so that's also a, a federal offense. So that employer, if found guilty, could do time in the state pen and the federal pen. But here's the thing. under socialism it's not really it I shouldn't say it's not really it's not considered a crime to take from someone else's paycheck and give to somebody else especially someone that doesn't deserve it see socialism legalizes thievery and this is why i get concerned with labor unions that align themselves with other countries that legalize thievery under the the disguise of socialism And that socialism is the be all in all and it's only under socialism that people get the care and the goods and services that they need. Actually they don't. Under socialism you get less and pay more because now your government is taking from your check even more so than before. Whereas under under democracy and capitalism you can make as much money as you want just pay your taxes. Like you have more freedom under democracy and capitalism. That's why these labor unions that are from the United States, they should never get in bed with labor unions in other countries. Never, never, never. You know, you can have a a meeting, you know, with another country, you know, in regards to labor unions and things like that. You know, you can have conferences with people that do the same type of work. You know, I'm all for that. That's great. 
you know, you can definitely share ideas, but you know, when you come from two different walks of life in two different countries, that really says a lot because you're not the same. So if you're not the same and you come together, almost always 99.9% of the time, one group and one type of thinking is going to overrun and shut up the other group. It's going to silence them. And it's almost always the United States that gets silenced because we have so many weak-minded workers and I don't understand why this happens. but we have so many me- uh weak and meek I should say minded workers that that they just don't understand what it means to be american and to value your labor they they just don't get it like if you truly value your labor why would you care what another country thinks about you and why would you want to do things their way especially at a legislation level it makes no sense to me but moving on it says The new organization attempted to establish standard wages and working conditions, regulate the training of apprentices, and I agree with all that. That stuff is good. Establish a traveling card system to permit union workers to travel from one local's jurisdiction to another while excluding those um unfit for membership. I find that to be kind of odd because that's not American to do such a thing like to try and control movement. That's very communist. See, so a lot of these labor unions are founded technically on communists or communism. They just don't want to admit it. And technically, it's Marxist. Like that kind of thinking is really weird. And we've seen that in several different labor unions. Like this is not the first one to try and control um, members outside of their work. It's really bizarre. It's really weird. And it says the modern organization was formed in 1882. when a number of locals who had supported the Cincinnati Ohio local in a strike earlier that year met in St. Louis, Missouri to establish a national organization the new union in sorry endorsed the 8-hour day while pledging to avoid unnecessary strikes i don't believe that the union amended its constitution in 1887 to include canadian workers how stupid is that in 1914 the union was renamed the operative plasters and cement finishers international association and the following year it reached an agreement with the united brotherhood of cement workers to bring those workers into the union now here's the thing a lot of these labor unions that are brotherhood or whatever they typically have a lot of problems and they're usually founded by fascists and that is very concerning there so what you see here is you have several different labor unions within the same type of work that are coming together but i would be very surprised if they ever really get along because it's very difficult to control a group that is fascist and then you have marxist and then you have communist that's what a lot of these labor unions are and that's why they go on strike that's why they break away then re, then then uh, reunite and then affiliate then disaffiliate that's why they have all these problems It's because they're not founded in democracy, they're not founded in freedom. They are founded in chaos. But yet they put on the disguise, "Oh, we are for the 8-hour workday." Well, that's great, that's good, but you don't have to strike to get that. See, here's the thing. There are so many labor unions that they put their work above everybody else's work, and so they think that they should get paid even while they're on strike. Sorry, if you don't do the job, you don't get paid. But labor unions they don't understand that you know money is money 
and labor is labor. And to expect to collect money when you're not doing the labor is a form of thievery. But yet, that is exactly what happens in socialism. And socialism is the little cousin or little brother of Marxism and communism. It's just a stepping stone away from that. And that's why these organizations have so many problems along those lines. It's like, give me what I want or else, or I'm going to throw a fit in aisle seven at a Toys R Us. They throw fits. They they throw hissy fits. That's what these unions are notorious for doing. And this goes back to the 1800s. How sad is that? Like how un-American is that? And plus, you know, this is going on not long after the Civil War ended. Wow. Now they're waging their own war. It's very interesting to look at the history of these things and to really understand that hey, You know, the United States is not perfect, but we are way better than any other country. And being that we are way better than any other country, we need to be careful about what groups form out of nowhere basically and try and control the labor. Because whenever a group tries to control an entire industry, there is suppression and oppression. And if you don't agree with them, oh, they punish everybody, and they give themselves permission to do that because they think their labor is more important than everybody else's when it is not. I can understand where they would be frustrated and irritated, but that doesn't give them permission to suppress other people and to say, oh, well, my labor is more important than yours, and if you don't give me what I want, I'm not going to show up to work, but you will pay me. Who talks like that? Guess who? Labor unions, trade unions, associations like this. That's who. That is socialism. That is socialism. Because basically, they are punishing the private sector is what they're doing, and they're going up against their employer. Now, I'm not saying all employers are great, but you know, most employers are workers just like other people. Very few employers are top executive CEOs that make that make millions or billions of dollars. Like that's just not common. So needless to say, it really doesn't make sense when labor unions put themselves up on a pedestal and say, "Oh, we're the one. Yeah, you know, we are the ones that care." It's like really, then go then go found your own company, save up money, go start a company, start from the ground up. Work 12 to 15 hours a day, which is typically what um, what the I would say what the original members work whenever they start a company. It's a lot of work. It's not easy. So what I find interesting is whenever workers they start working somewhere and then they they get discontent. You know, they they become discontented workers and they don't understand how much work goes into founding a company, starting a company. How much money and labor and and financial risk goes into starting a company? They're just looking at it as, well, I'm the worker and you should just pay me more because I, I walked through your front door. My presence deserves more more pay. No, it doesn't. Time is money. Products and services cost money. You know, just for showing up doesn't mean that that you're a millionaire. that that's not what this is what this is equivalent to far from it 
goes on to say in 1946, the Union established a program in conjunction with the Contracting Plasteers International Association and the Associated General Contractors to establish national apprentice training standards. Now, that I agree with because they should be on the same playing field and they should be educated in the work that they do. That is awesome. I love that. The Union trained a large number of veterans of World War II in its apprenticeship programs while curtailing the competition from non-union contractors. I do not agree with that because that's punishing someone for not being in a union. And an employer can hire anyone they want whether they are a union member or non-union contractor. It's up to the employer. It's up to the person that's paying for the labor. See, labor unions, they are notorious for sabotaging other people's employment. But yet if someone sabotages their employment, oh my goodness, oh my goodness, stop the press and scream about it. Like that is what these labor unions do. It's so bizarre. But it's one of those things that they put their labor above everybody else's. Well, that is not the American way. That's not the Christian way. And that's also not what fellow workers are supposed to do, because if you actually care about your fellow worker, then you're not going to sabotage their work or their job or their labor. But yet labor unions do that. Very unfortunate. In the late 1960s, the union opened up its apprenticeship programs to allow more African-Americans and Latino workers into its locals. That's good. Because what they don't want to tell you is that labor unions were prejudiced way back in the day. They were very prejudiced. And guess what? A lot of these labor unions were Democrat. <laughs> so <laughs> people don't realize that Democrats were basically the original racists in the United States. The, the Ku Klux Klan was founded by Democrats, not Republicans. The Democrats were for slavery and they were for keeping slaves. It was a Republican president and a Republican party that waged the American Civil War and wanted to end slavery and did end slavery. That was the Republican party, not the Democrat party. So I'm not surprised that the Democrat party would not want African Americans or Latinos in their labor unions, especially way back in the day. Now the Democratic party claims to care about African Americans and Latinos and anyone of color, so to speak. But really, they're just using them for their vote. How sad is that? Like, they don't really care about them. Whereas in the Republican Party, we very much care about you. We care about everyone. We don't care about the color of your skin. Why? Because the color of your skin does not determine your freedom. The color of your skin does not determine the value of your soul. But yet under the Democratic Party, it does, and still to this day. So who's racist? It's not Republicans. It's, it's Democrats. Like if someone was only wanting my vote and wanting me to join their party just because of the color of my skin, I would feel so insulted. It's like, okay, so you don't really care about me. You don't really care what I stand up for. You don't care what I believe in. I mean, you don't care about my thoughts, my concerns, my opinions. You just want my vote based on the color of my skin. See, that's how insulting that is. I'm surprised more African-Americans and Latinos and people of color are not offended and just overly offended at the, at the, uh, excuse me, the Democrat Party. Because Democrats, 
they target people based on what they want to get out of them. Republicans, we want people we want people to join our party so that we can help people realize, hey, there's a lot for you here in this country and the world is your oyster, go for it. You know, we're not here to use you. We are help we are here to help you and to promote you and to help you realize your dreams. But look at what the Democratic Party does. It says, "Oh, you know, we we believe in the dreamers." Oh, so basically you believe in people being here illegally. How is that right or ethical or legal to the people that are here legally? See, that's the hypocrisy of the Democratic Party. They claim to care about people, they claim to care about jobs, they they claim to care about wages, but yet they are all for legalizing all illegal immigrants here. Like that interferes with our pay. And it will encourage employers to hire cheap labor. And guess what? Our healthcare system cannot afford to have all these illegals here in this country. We can't even afford it now. I mean, what makes you think that this country can afford it once they become legal? I mean, it's ridiculous. But the Democratic Party's solution is, hey, well, let's just raise taxes on the rich. We'll pay for it that way. Basically, pull the socialist card take from someone else's paycheck because they they make more and give it to somebody who doesn't make as much that is thieving that is thievery and that is that is the calling card of democrats and socialists across the board that's what high taxation is and that's what overtaxation is it is legalized thievery i am all for taxes but they need to be low because the higher the taxes go the less money you and I have in our paycheck the less money we have in in our checking accounts like do you like the prices that are at the gas pump you know do you like the prices that are at the at the at the grocery store do you like the price of any goods do you like how expensive cars are these days even used cars are very expensive well you can thank the democrat party for that because they they are notorious for ruining our currency and affecting it negatively our currency fluctuates anyway but whenever democrats get in office wow it's just a it's it's a socialist daydream it's like they they get to spend as much money as they want whenever they want however they want and that is not what it means to serve in office But yet Democrats, you know, they just look at Americans as, oh, we are their personal, you know, blank check. Well, guess what? That is exactly how labor unions view the United States. And they view it that way because they think their labor is more important and more special than everybody else's and they should make more money than everybody else in that industry. That's called profiteering. and that's called forming a monopoly. Both of those are illegal in the United States. Isn't it odd that labor unions actually function in that manner? They actually function in a illegal manner. And guess what? Who protects them? The federal government and the Democratic Party. 
All they're doing is swapping paychecks. So if all they're doing is swapping uh, swapping paychecks, I mean, why would they call out you know, why would they call out each other? Like like why would they hold each other accountable for what they're doing wrong? That's why they don't care to change. That's why they don't care to do what's right. Because if they if they do care to do what's right, the gravy train would be over. Santa Claus basically wouldn't visit their house anymore every day. That's basically what it's like. Going on, it says in 1960, the union followed many other U.S. unions um, in that it moved its headquarters, transferring them from Cleveland to Washington D.C. It is currently headquartered at Columbia, Maryland, and it, it lists off the different presidents. Their presidents go back uh, to 1882. So there's kind of a time gap between 1883 and 1942. And then in 1942 their president was John Rooney, then in 1959 there was Ed- Edward J. Leonard, and then in 1970 there was Joseph P. Power. In 1981 there was Melvin Roots, and then there was another one, Robert J. Holton, but it doesn't give me the year. And then in 1996 there was John J, I think it's Dougherty or Dougherty. Then 2007 their president was Patrick uh, Patrick Finley and then the current president as of 2016 is Daniel Stepano. So, it's one of those things that they've had quite a few different presidents and they have kind of a time gap, but here's the thing. When you're dealing with an international labor union, You have to recognize that sometimes your president of your labor union will come from another country. What do they know about your country and your labor and what you go through? Oh, that's right, absolutely nothing. That's why these international labor unions are not good. They are not pro-America. They are not. I mean, I kind of feel like these international labor unions, it's just kind of, you know, the the popular crowd. It's like the preps against the nerds. Basically, international labor unions are seen as the preps in terms of like a high school analogy here. And then labor unions that are just only in America, they're seen as the nerds, but guess who's smarter? The nerds. It doesn't always pay to be a prep. It doesn't. Because you can be dethroned very quickly. At least that's what I saw in high school. Like one person would be popular one day, the next day, oh, they're not cool and no one's friends with them anymore. See that's how fickle it is to be in an international association. It's like you either do what we want or you're out. So the the inclusivism is a lie. It's an absolute lie. That's why our labor unions should be focused on American workers, not anybody else, but it should only be focused on America. Should we have labor unions? Yes, but should they act like fascist communists? No. Should they act like socialists? No, I am completely against that. I do think it's awesome that they helped to create the 8-hour workday, but I think that was going to happen anyway even without labor unions. Because just because labor unions were the ones that helped establish that, that doesn't mean that the 8-hour workday and benefits and holidays were not already being implemented by by other employers. that was already happening and and was already being implemented in the United States. It's just that these labor unions and these trade unions grasped onto something 
that was a pretty big contention with workers and said, "Hey, well if these workers have it good, we should have it good." So let's force our employer to do what we want. See, that's the difference between you know, you being a bully and using federal law to get your employer to do what you want as opposed to letting the private sector handle its own its own uh, entity and its own businesses. There were many good employers all throughout the history, you know, going all the way back to the beginning of the United States, and we still have good employers today. You know, labor unions, I think one of my biggest beefs with labor unions and trade unions is that they do not value the people that actually started the companies. Like, they don't understand that all labor has value. And, you know, everybody is a worker, whether they are a CEO or a banker or they work on a train or they work as a bus driver or maybe they are a school teacher we are all workers it's just that we do different types of work and we are all at different levels of income and social status labor unions and trade unions want to make it so that everybody has equal pay well that's the socialist way and communist way of looking at things See, stupid people will look at it as, "Oh yeah, let's have equal pay," and they think they're going to make and that everybody's going to make as much as a doctor. I got news for you. No. Everybody's going to make as much as a bus driver or something or even less than that. But you see, people fall for this trap that, "Oh, equal pay. That means I'm going to make as much as a doctor or a lawyer or an engineer." No, you're not. what will happen with equal pay in regards to socialism and communism is the people that actually are more educated and make more money let's say they make 150k a year their wages will be dropped to your wages at a lower income bracket and that's how government creates so-called equality across the board at a federal level and at a state level in regards to socialism and communism basically no one is allowed to make more money No one is allowed to be rich. You can be poor and they encourage you to be poor under socialism and communism and fascism. Just look at what happened in the Soviet Union. The Soviet Union made promises to its people that hey, if you elect us to power or if you allow us to come into power, we'll make sure that you always have money and that all wages will be equal. A priest will not make more than you. we will close the catholic churches doctors will not make more than you everybody everybody will make really good money it was a lie it was a lie almost everybody was forced to be a peasant except for government officials of course and there was massive starvation in the soviet union that is what happens when you go along with socialism communism or fascism and it makes all these promises about equal pay and I'm not talking about in regards to men and women getting equal pay I'm talking about just across the board with labor you know if you start out with a company and let's say everybody makes $20,000 a year and that's just what it is what incentive do you have to learn more to do more and to try and get promoted if all you will ever make is like $20,000 a year That is exactly what happens under communism and socialism. You have no you have no upward mobility basically. Like you can't move up in social status. You cannot move up in your income bracket. You are permanently stuck at a lower income based on, 
you know, this lie that, oh, everybody's going to make the same wages and we're going to have equality. There is equality within the workforce, but it does not come down to numbers, typically. Do I agree that men and women should be paid the same at the same job? To a certain extent. It depends on their, their experience, their education, and also what can the company afford to do. See, here's the thing. I have never agreed with women getting paid less than a man just because they're a woman. To me, I look at it as, okay, what is the job and what are the responsibilities? That determines, first of all, the, the base pay for the job. It's not the only factor, but it's the beginning factor. That's how you make it so that sex has nothing to do with the hiring and firing and the wages of the job. I mean, I've had jobs, and I'll close with this. I've had jobs in the past where I wasn't deemed promotable because I was young and single. It was such a slap in the face. Oh, and because I, I, you know, I'm a woman. It was seen that men are smarter Uh, more stable, and so they should make more money. I'm like, wow, and you wonder why women are so flustered and frustrated with their job. It's because they are discriminated against for having estrogen and ovaries. I mean, really, it's ridiculous. You know, for all these men, which are very few and far between, uh, that are transgender and want to become women, let me tell you something. No, you don't. <laughs> you do not. It is very difficult to be a woman. It's actually way easier to be a man, way easier, because you do not experience the, the blatant discrimination that we experience, especially here in the Bible Belt, like in Oklahoma, in an at-will state. See, here's the thing. We have labor unions and trade unions here in Oklahoma, but we still have tremendous problems because Oklahoma is an at-will state. And here's the thing, if you try and grant all the power of the workforce to your government, you will no longer have a workforce. You just won't have it, and that's what happened in the Soviet Union. Basically, everybody became a peasant and a slave. Excuse me. Now I have the hiccups. I don't think that's what America wants. You know, we don't want to be like the Soviet Union, but yet we have people that do not understand The economy, they don't understand workers' rights, they don't understand the Constitution of the United States. So I think we need to get back to the basics and understand that, hey, we need to put America first, because whenever you put America first, it will be a lot better. Like, I'm not concerned with what happens in Canada or Australia or the UK. I mean, I wish them well and everything, but... You know, the United States is not responsible for their problems. Their own people are responsible for their own problems. And it is the responsibility of all adults in that country to handle their issues. Their own issues. Not ours, but their own. You know what I've noticed about union workers is that they're not always pro-America. They're just pro-union. Well, how can you just be pro-union but not be pro-America, where if you did not have America, you wouldn't have a union? 
See, that's the hypocrisy of labor unions. Whenever they join a labor union and they're just so pro-labor union, they just for some reason, some stupid reason, forget why they have those freedoms that they have to form a union and to be a part of a union. It's because they live in a really good country. It's not perfect. There is no such thing as a perfect country. But we can always strive to do better. Here's the thing. How can we strive to do better if we have labor unions and trade unions that just want to strip other people of their wages? Because that's what labor unions do whenever they go after other people's jobs. See, that's thievery. They give themselves permission to steal from someone else's labor. That is socialism. That's where these labor unions, these associations and these trade unions have gotten way off track because if you really value labor, if you really value the worker, you would never do that to somebody else. Never, never, never. But they do this to non-union members all the time or non-union workers, I should say. And they also do this to other union members and other unions. We have seen in times past with some other labor unions that they actually blew up uh, another labor union's headquarters. I can't remember which union that was, but they were very violent towards each other. I mean, is that being good and kind? Is that doing what's right? I would venture to say no. But yet they're Americans. But they were anarchists. Labor unions are not in charge of this country and they are not in charge of our labor. They are not. I think some of these labor unions need to be dethroned. But they are not going to be dethroned as long as they are in the back pocket of the Democratic Party, which is where they are. The Democratic Party protects and overprotects labor unions and trade unions only for the sake of the vote. That tells me the Democratic Party doesn't really care about people. It's just a lie. It's just fluff. It's just smoke and mirrors. The Democratic Party is more along the lines of vote for us so we can do what we want. Not what you want, but what we want. Basically, whenever you vote for a Democrat these days, you're voting for a a um I would say disillusioned uh bureaucrat that's just using you for your vote but yet expects to make way more money than you and they think that you don't deserve to make as much money as them. See, that's the arrogance and and the entitlement of the Democratic Party and the people that run and rule in in the Democratic uh party and in their elected positions. That's how they think. The Democratic Party is notorious for treating Republicans like morons and I'm like, "Wow, who's the moron? You're the ones that get us into tremendous debt." And then you claim to help a bunch of people, but yet we have more people on the streets now. We have more unemployment. We have horrible gas prices, horrible rent uh renting prices, horrible housing markets. I mean, I think the interest rates have kind of leveled off a little bit. But, you know, I think that The only reason why things have kind of leveled off a little bit is because I think the Federal Reserve raised interest rates to try and slow down inflation. See, this is what happens when you have stupid people in charge of your country. 
This is what happens when you have morons in charge of the Federal Reserve and in charge of your banks. This is what happens when you have socialists in charge of the EPA. This is what happens. You know, these things that affect everyday living. This is what happens. So needless to say, I'm not surprised that labor unions and trade unions would think along the same route or the same way that the Democratic Party does where they think they're better than than everybody else. It's that entitlement thinking. That is not the American way. The American way is be as successful as you want and help your neighbor. Help lift somebody else up. Don't rely on the government. We are the government. We the people are the government. The power is with the people. Always has been and always will be. It doesn't matter what incompetent leader is president or in charge of these different agencies or whatever. The power is with the people. So I mean, you know, in regards to a lot of the problems here in the United States, this is probably going to ruffle some feathers. It's our fault this has happened. When you elect the wrong people and you look the other way, when bad policies are being put into practice, that is the fault of of the voting population. That's the that's the fault of the American people. You know, you cannot blame the few for the actions of the many. That's what this means. So yes, these labor unions are way off track. But who allowed that? We did. We allowed these labor unions to manipulate our federal courts and our laws. All in the name of oh we care about the worker. They don't. Not when it comes down to it, it's about money, it's about greed. Very unfortunate, but that's what it is. I look at it this way, it can always get better. We can always get better people into office, people that actually value the United States, care about democracy, care about freedom, understand capitalism, understand businesses, understand hey, you know, we can't have this kind of unemployment. We cannot have this kind of inflation. We need people that actually want us to be uh, energy independent, not dependent. Like all these factors factor in to the stability of our country. and we need to stop going along with these special these uh what are they called special interest groups that don't really value the United States as a whole they they only care about their people well that's not the american way the american way is we value all human life but under special interest groups and under labor unions they only value themselves that's a very selfish way of living it's a very selfish attitude so i'm not surprised at all that these labor unions are very um combative with each other i'm not surprised that they sabotage other people's work i'm not surprised that they throw hissy fits because selfish people guess what are selfish and they very rarely care about other people and that's just how it is I will go ahead and end this podcast but as usual until next time I pray that you're happy healthy and whole that you have a wonderful day and a wonderful week thank you so much god bless and bye bye
Smallest step 